Well, our guest preacher this morning is no stranger to all saints. The Reverend Dr. Logan Hampton has, uh, this is his sixth time to uh, preach at All Saints. Didn't know if you were even aware of that. I wasn't even aware of that until I checked my notes. Six times, so we must like you, uh, I guess. Uh, he's starting his eighth year as the president of Lane College, same time that I became rector of All Saints. That's kind of how I, I remember how long he's been here. He is from Arkansas. He received his doctorate of education in higher education from the University of Arkansas in Little Rock. He is an ordained CME minister, which has its roots here in Jackson, Tennessee. He is married to Susan, has three children. Uh, we missed having him last year because of COVID. So uh, it's been two years, uh, but it, if you were here two years ago, you probably remember his sermon from two years ago. And so we look forward uh, to hearing from him today. So Dr. Hand, let me pray for you and, uh, and then uh, take it away. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would open your word to our hearts and our hearts to your word. Anoint Dr. Hampton with your spirit so that only your words are spoken and only your words are heard. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I got to say... Uh, Amos uh, brings out the angry black man in me. Um, as voting rights are being questioned and the nation just passed the Juneteenth as a federal holiday, Dr. Martin Luther King's quote from Amos 5 and 24 wafted into my mind, let justice run down as waters and righteousness as a mighty stream. And then the gospel today is about John the Baptist, and I'm trying to do that whole John the Baptist thing these days, and uh, I just knew I was going to preach an angry Negro speech today. And, but, uh, but as I studied, the Lord brought back to my memory the last time I preached a series from Amos, February of 2006. I was near the end of the series when I got a most distressing call from my wife, Susan, she had had her annual mammogram, and the doctor told her that she had breast cancer. On the day that we were scheduled for the double mastectomy, the surgeon, Dr. Dana Abraham, entered the surgical prep area where we had been waiting well past our scheduled surgery time. And she explained to Susan that the surgeries for that day had gotten back, backed up. And she even joked that she had had lunch and she never gets to eat lunch on surgery day. And Susan and I laughed with her. Finally, after some more waiting, the surgical attendants rolled Susan back for the 45 minutes to an hour surgery. And I waited with my family and the other families uh, in the waiting area. An hour passed and no report. Two hours passed, maybe a little more. And finally, uh, word came from the surgeon that Susan was doing fine. And one by one, all the other families were called back to see their patient. And it came a point that it was only my dad and Susan's mom, Mama Best, and I were, were left in the waiting area. 
the sun started to go down, the sun set. And we were there. And then finally we received a call to meet the surgeon in the consultation room. And Dr. Abraham walked in, and her first words were, no good news. And she explained that she had removed two large lumps. And then she proceeded to remove cancerous lymph nodes, and she described how she would feel them, and she could tell by the way they felt that they were cancerous. So she had that much experience. And she said that she removed all that she could reach. And she said, 14 in all. And my dad and Mama Beth, just, they just came undone. And uh, Dr. Abraham looked at me and said, you seem to be taking this well. And as I looked at her and as I was listening to that story and listening to all that she had, had done, I just kept thinking, praise the Lord, I'm glad you had lunch. <laughs> For had she not had lunch, she might not have had the strength and the focus for that four hours plus surgery. Maybe if she had not had lunch, she would have grown tired and missed one of those cancerous lymph nodes. And here in 2021, Susan is just fine. And I yet celebrate that the surgeon had lunch and that Amos 9-11 sustained me. I wanted to go now to the actual sermon. So let us have a word of prayer. Gracious God, we celebrate your blessings, big and small, notable and mundane, including a simple lunch. I take liberty to sit Logan down that you may speak to your people, your word in this season. Amen. While studying today's lesson, um, you know, I really started thinking at reading these texts that there is no need for me to any longer uh, watch any of my favorite movies like American Gangster or uh, The Godfather. Just read the Bible. In the first lesson, uh, Amos takes on the power elite by speaking, uh, speaking up for the poor and against injustice. And in doing so, Amos upsets Amaziah, the priest. So the priest and the prophet get crossways. Well, Amaziah uh, had the king's ear. Amaziah had the juice. And so he had Amos, the prophet, put out of the country. That was amazing. Amaziah didn't just have Amos put out of the temple, out of the church in Abernacle. He had him put out of the country. Politics and politics will get you every time. But neither do I need to. When I was in college, I used to watch those daytime soap operas. I don't need to watch those anymore. Nor do I need to watch the Lifetime movies where the guy always gets killed even after he confesses his fault. Just read your Bible. It is filled with sinful, salacious human stories, like in our lessons today. In, that, in the gospel lesson, the prophet John the Baptist, now follow this, the prophet John the Baptist makes King 
the king's wife, Herodias, mad. So the king's wife, who was actually the king's sister-in-law because she had been married to the king's brother, plotted to silence John the Baptist. She wanted the prophet killed. But the king enjoyed listening to John the Baptist condemn sinners of their sins, though he never himself repented. Well, long story short, the king's stepdaughter, who was biologically his niece, did a dance that so enticed him. I'm talking about the Bible, y'all. Listen. <laughs> that so enticed him that he promised her half of his kingdom. And after consulting with her mother, she asked for the head of John the Baptist, which the king obliged. These lessons put on display the faults, the follies, the foibles of, of our humanity. And even when we represent the worst in us, as did the priest Amaziah and Herod and Herodias, our lesson from the psalm remind us, indeed, the Lord will show goodness. When we look about and see the evil of our present world, man's inhumanity to man, buildings falling for seemingly no reason, a pandemic that won't go away, we need be reminded, indeed, the Lord will show goodness. Though the first lesson and the gospel lesson remind us that we live in a fallen world, there's something to shout about when we look at the, that first verse in the epistle today. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Yes, we worship, serve, and are in relationship with the blessed God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Our blessed God blesses us with every spiritual blessing. One of, uh, one of the first uh, televangelists that I remember was Reverend Ike. I don't know if any of you all remember Reverend Ike. But Reverend Ike was this African-American fellow who was really fancy. He had this really slick, pretty hair. And he wore these stylish suits and he always had big rings on. And, and then he, from time to time he would have uh, his, one of his Rolls Royces. I think he had 16 of them. He had one of his Rolls Royces driven, into, driven on to the to the set. And during the offering, uh, Reverend Ike would, would have, uh, he'd call up a person and he'd give them a coin and they'd flip the coin and on one side of the coin it would read, good luck. And on the other side of the coin it would read, God's blessings. And after the person flipped the coin, Reverend Ike would say, you can't lose with the stuff I use. <laughs> now, while I never sent Reverend Ike any of my money, uh, which I think was his real interest, the epistle confirms our blessed God blesses us with every spiritual blessing. You can't lose with the stuff God uses. 2020 and 2021 have been rough on me and my family. The college, Lane College, has experienced significant loss in student enrollment. Praise him, our God blessed us with every spiritual blessing. 
my 83-year-old bedridden dad somehow caught COVID. And though no one in the house and no one, none of his attendants tested positive, and he died several months later, our blessed God blessed us with every spiritual blessing. My brothers and sisters, you, we are complete. You have all that you need. That you need. And you can't lose with the stuff God uses. When Paul wrote Ephesians, he was in prison. His situation did not prevent him from realizing this truth, that he was chosen to minister to the Ephesians. He was redeemed for this purpose and sealed by the Holy Spirit in the goodness of God to endure prison, to write this epistle that is an encouragement to us these 2,000 years after he wrote it. If like Amos, you must take a stand against the political and governmental authorities, no worries, my brothers and sisters. Our blessed God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. If like John the Baptist, you face persecution for speaking truth to power, for calling sinners to their sin, ah, don't fret, don't back up. No need to kowtow. Our blessed God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Come hell or high water, our blessed God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Too much month at the end of the money, our blessed God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Broken hearted, lonely, feeling sorry for yourself. Our blessed God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. You have all that you need to overcome your circumstances and your situation and to live the blessed life that our God has called us to live. Ray Lewis, a football player, um, asked the question, why is the lion the king of the jungle? Ray Lewis says, uh, how can the lion be the king of the jungle? He's not the biggest. The elephant is probably the biggest. He cannot be the fastest because that is the cheetah. He cannot be the smartest. So he's not the biggest, the fastest, or the smartest. So how does the lion become the king of the jungle? Ray Lewis said his mentality, his faith position. That's the only difference between a lion and an elephant. When an elephant sees a lion, the elephant thinks, run. When a lion sees an elephant, the lion thinks, lunch. <laughs> My brothers and sisters, you are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Now you too, go enjoy your lunch.
God has a big assignment for you. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer.